If you let money be the motive, you're only paying your anxiety. Because once you let money dictate your happiness, you are literally fucked. Because you are now surrendering to something you can't have control over. Welcome into the podcast, episode eight of Living Large. Guys, this is gonna be my last episode on my main YouTube channel. I'm gonna be moving the podcast over to its very own YouTube channel, Living Large Podcast on YouTube. So guys, stay tuned for that. I will link it down in the description below. But as always, every Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. on CastBox in audio form, followed up by that noon posting time on my YouTube channel. Today's guest, a very close friend of mine for the past three years, my best friend, my roommate, Mr. George Janko. Welcome onto the show. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm actually kind of honored that I'm your last one on your YouTube channel. It's freaking great. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah, you can say whatever you oh, want. Fuck it. No. <laughs> can, can I say that word? No, yeah, you can. But it's crazy. It's episode eight, and uh, I'm just having you on the podcast. Why? Because you've been doing a movie. I've been shooting my first movie, yeah. How is that? Uh, it's kind of cool that you're, you're, my best friend is interviewing me on my first movie. You're the first interview wow. on my movie. It's not out yet for another year, probably. Not going to be out for a little bit. It's a thriller. It is a, it's a scary little thriller. I uh, don't want to say too much, but I bring some friends to places where we kind of thought was something else. And we have to escape our way out. So we're thinking of the name Escape right now or Moscow because it's held in Moscow, okay. Russia. Um but yeah, man, it's uh, it was definitely a dream come true. So what was that like? So a little bit of a backstory on George. George moved out here from Arizona, um, started getting into the vines and built his following on social media with comedy skits, doing a lot of comedy. What was it like for your first movie role to be not comedy? Uh, uh, damn, that is a great question. Um, it, it made me feel really good knowing that I could do more than just what I've been presenting to the world. I but you're naturally a funny guy, so why, like, was it difficult for you to just be serious all the time in this whole movie? It was different. It was very different. The character, ironically, was very much like George Janko, so I was, a, the character was a very, like, outgoing, like, hyper, but in the movie, like, shit happens, and you just see this character go to different levels, different, ex like, for instance, like, scared or, like, crying or begging, you know, like, it's, there's different emotions, and for me to bring that out and have people on set actually leave the set because they were uncomfortable was a really good compliment. Uncomfortable, why? Uh, in one of the scenes, my character goes through some stuff and I brought it to life too much for some people and that they actually had to leave. Wow. Set. Yeah, and it was a pretty cool experience. Not to toot your own horn, but not to toot my own like horn, but I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm fucking the best actor <laughs> that I know. <laughs> so you just booked your first movie, um, but this isn't the first thing you booked. First, th was the first thing you booked was a Nickelodeon show, right? My first audition I ever went on uh, with uh, my Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, and Don. Nikki, Ricky, Dicky, Don. It was hilarious <laughs> because I went in there and I was like, "Yeah." I told my manager. He goes, "Yo, you got to go to this audition. It's in eight minutes. Could you make it?" And I go, "Yeah, hundred percent." So I'm reading the scripts on the way there, and I call him and I go, "Yo, I'm booking this role." And he goes, "Ah, okay, I like your confidence." <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, no, I'm gonna book this role." And he's like, "All right, cool, do your thing." And then I went in there, and the guy's like, "All right, are you free on Thursday?" And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so I walked out. I go, "Yeah." I booked it. He goes, what do you, wait, what do you mean? And I was like, nah, I booked the role. And he goes, nah, okay, it's not how it works. They have to call me. Yeah. And he called me like 15 minutes later. He goes, dude, you fucking booked it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, all right, here we go. That's awesome. And for your first ever thing to be on Nickelodeon, that's really cool. Was, that was a dream come true, right? It was, it was. I, I think the, the, like the most iconic audition for me, like for like memory wise was this movie though. Like, cause like 
I was the only one that was not like an actual traditional actor. We had a guy from the Black Panther, a guy from oh, wow. yeah, the, the other guys freaking from pretty, reali- pretty Little Liars, Pretty Little Liars. We yeah. got uh, Team Wolf. We had all these amazing actors, and it was kind of like a little nerve wracking to me because like they weren't even just actors; they were like super successful actors in my eyes. And I was like, I gotta bring in the heat. It was the first time where I did a table read, and the offer wasn't even mine. Like I came to the table read with a whole entire cast. And it was still the director looking at me like, hmm, not sure. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's it. I'm going balls to the wall. And I went balls to the wall on the, um, the table read. And then they, they- And you got the part. I got the part. The rest is history. So let's talk about your journey here, moving to Air- from Arizona to here. Um, what was that like? Because you moved here, you didn't know a single person. You lived in a tiny ass apartment. Not, even, not one person. Le- legitimately not one person. What was that like? It was, it was cool. I, it didn't really hit me until I saw my parents drive off. And I was like, oh, shit. Why did you make that move? What was your initial plan? How long were you going to stay here? Why did you come to L.A.? Why L.A.? I, uh, I came here to live a, a, a really fictitious dream of like me being like an intern at a recording studio. And then one day the right producer is going to walk in and hear my stuff. And he's going to be like, Oh my God, you like the new best thing. And like, and then my fame starts. <laughs> it did not work like that. Actually. It, it was the exact opposite. And in fact, I'll never forget. Uh, oh, Justin Bieber walked in and I, I actually performed at his concert in 2010. So I wanted to see if like he would remember that moment. So when I went up to him to try to talk to him, uh, the people that worked there, like, yo, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, I was going to go out. He's like, no, 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 shut up. You don't talk to him at all. Go go scrub the toilet. And I was like, oh, okay. So as I was scrubbing the toilet, I was like, man, I really didn't anticipate this happening. Wow. So, but what was cool is uh, a year later, we all went to his, his birthday, birthday party. party. A year, a little, wow, a, a year? year later. Yeah, a year later, I went from like, yo, I can't talk to this guy to like getting invited by his managers to like go. So it was that's like, insane. So, yeah. so you moved out here, you worked at the studio, you were an extra, right? And you lived in this apartment by yourself. How did you make friends? Who was your first friend? Oh, dude, dude, I stalked people. <laughs> uh, my first true uh, friend out here was this guy named Max the Body and Greg Linz. Um, so, but my first like like friend where I was like, yo, I'm hanging out with him all the time was Greg Lindsay. He's like my best friend right now. He's like, what, like you know him. He's at yeah, my yeah. apartment all the time. Um, I kind of, I kind of, like, I kind of stalked him a little bit. So, like, I, I like he lived down the hall from me. Yeah. Okay. So every night I would hear this little jingle of his keys coming because he's a little Italian strut walking because he just right. had a good night out with maybe a lady friend or at a party <laughs> or something like that. And it was always around the same time at night. He was so I'd open the door. And at first, like I was trying to be like, not creepy. I couldn't just open the door. Yo, what are you doing? Like, so what I do is I plan when I was going to take the trash out. So like the first time I would just walk out, okay, like, oh, what's up, dude? Like, hey, well, you, oh, you come, you come back home at this time? Crazy. And he was like, yeah, what did you do? I got nothing much. I'll catch you later, man. And he's like, all right, I'll see you later. Closed it. Just wanted to establish dominance in the hallway. I come <laughs> out here, right? Second day, I catch him outside. I pretend like I was coming back to him. Like, oh, where did you go out? He's like, oh, I went to this party. Oh, sick, man. I was at my friend's. He had a little shindig. I didn't have any friends. Yeah. Had a shindig. Like, it was kind of cool, man. And, I, and then he's like eating this chocolate cookie. And I go, oh, chocolate. And he goes, yeah, dude, I love chocolate. Chocolate's like my enemy. Like I can't, I can't say no to chocolate. And I was like, oh, shit, no way, no way. And so the next day, th- as he's walking down the hall, opened my door and just wafting the, sound, the smell of cookies, like just that <laughs> chocolate chip cookies. And he's like, yo, you got chocolate? And I go, you like chocolate? He's like, yeah, I remember yesterday I had the cookie. And I was like, oh, dude, I forgot. But yeah, man, I have all these cookies and shit. You want to watch Friends? And he's like, yeah. And so we like sat there and like became like buddies. 
and we were just talking. We had a lot in common. He had so many stories. And so the next day I was like, I was leaving the house and I was like, yo, going to go get milkshakes. You down? And he's like, yeah. So we went and got Jack in the Box milkshakes and no free brandos. We went, <laughs> we went and got uh, some milkshakes and then every single day it became an event. And in the middle of the night we'd hang out. So like I didn't even sleep. It was like I hung out with him every night. So this is a really cool story. So, I mean, a lot of people move to LA guys from an, an outside country, an outside state, city, whatever it may be, and they don't have any friends. What I really like about George is you took the initiative to like- To make, make a friend. A friend. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. You went above and beyond. You got chocolate, like a milkshake. You took that step and it kind of goes to like everything in your life, I feel like is- in your control. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to take those initiatives. I feel like man, in everything in life, in every single thing, emotion, uh, perspectives, and even like objects in general, like goals, everything starts with that first step. If it's an emotional step, if it's a physical step, is it even a run, a jog, but you have to kind of move towards it. If you want a new job, move towards it. If you want to make a friend, move towards it. Even it goes towards girls. Everybody knows that I love like taking girls on dates and hanging out with George them. loves women. I learned this. I've always known this, but I've learned this more so since we started moving, I, living together. I, I love, I love going on dates because I know this sounds stupid, but it's, it's like a performance. Right. Do you know the what George I mean? show. It's the George show. Like I'll take him out and like, I put on this persona, like, not that I'm faking myself, but it's like, yo, like, what do you, what do you like? Oh, I like basketball. No. <laughs> Let's go on the court. And I'll do like these cheesy movie style stuff. And it, it didn't work for me back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, cause like girls are like, ah, oh, he's cheesy. Like, but like I get to do it now and people are like, oh, he's just an actor. He's weird. But like, mm -hmm. he's cool. Like he yeah. goes and plays basketball in the middle of the night. I'll take a girl to the ocean and we'll like paint weird shit. Like I just like doing weird shit because like you're always going to remember that. You know what I mean? Like right, on right. that date, you're, you're going to be like when a girl asks another girl, hey, what was the craziest date? Oh, dude, like I got arrested with this kid going hiking at night and the sheriff's like arrested us because like we were not allowed. Did to that go. happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the girl too. Um, I basically, oh, and this is the scary part. She was on like, she wasn't here on an extended visa or some shit like that. And I didn't know about this. So when they asked for ID, she started breaking down crying. And I was like, oh, shit, like, fuck, like, I feel bad. Like, this girl's scared about getting a ticket. So I was like, I'll just pay off the ticket. She's like, no, you don't understand. Like, I'm, I'm legally not supposed to be here right now. I was like, oh, here we go. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, man, this is awkward. So I actually went to the cop and I was like, straight up, I go, listen, dude, like, kind of cock blocking, bro. And he starts, he's like, you, are you seriously talking to me like that right now? And I go, listen, bro, like. I don't be a dick or anything. Like you can give me a ticket, but come on, dude, you're going to give my girl a ticket. It's my first day. It's not like I'm doing drugs up here. I'm just trying to smooth her. And he's like, <laughs> you guys have any drugs on your alcohol? Don't fucking lie to me. And I was like, no, dude, I swear to God, I don't drink. I don't do alcohol. I don't fucking do drugs. I drink occasionally, but I don't drink at the time. I was like, no, dude, I don't do anything. I'm very straight edge. And I have, you know, my Christian tattoos. And I was yeah, like, Sean, yeah. I was like, no, dude, I'm like, I'm straight edge Christian. Like never. And he's like, all right, man, like, Get out of here. But I'm putting into the program both of your names. So if you guys come back here, they're going to know. And they're going to even give you a bigger ticket. And I was like, oh, you're done. I'm out. And I just left. <laughs> She's like, I can't believe we got away with that. I was like, girl, I got it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So before all this, let's jump back. You made your friend Greg. And then you became friends with Logan. Oh, dude. Logan Paul. Dude, same shit. Same shit. You same took the initiative. Shit. How did this happen? Tell this the story. This one was a cool story. Are you ready for this? I, Dude. The girlfriend. A lot of people, I don't want to bring that up, but I had a crazy girlfriend. Mark knows very well what I'm talking about. <laughs> but at the time, we just broke up. 
And I'm a very religious man. A lot of times God shows his face in a lot of my stuff just to show him that he's there, you know? I broke everything in my house, Mark. I broke everything. Like literally my tables. And mind you, everything came up to be like like 200 bucks. But like <laughs> I, I had two, like furniture from Ikea and shit. And like not even like Target. <laughs> I broke everything in my house, bro. I was crying. I was freaking out. I, I had basically just sum it up for you guys. I'm not going to get into it. But I had a girlfriend for like two years. Two years. And then one day she woke up and she's like, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. One year. Oh, don't exaggerate. Uh, for one year. But it felt like two years um, for one year. And she woke up one day. And she's like, yo, like, I'm done. I'm out. I can't do this. I can't tell you why, but I, I'm out. And I was like, okay, you're just over-exaggerating. I call her back and her, her number's gone. So basically the girl that Ghosted. I was with, yeah, go, changed her address. She doesn't live in the same place when I came back to visit her because she lived in Arizona. Like a girl that I shared my life with that I thought I was going to like have kids with and have a family with was gone. Literally one day to the next, like we weren't even fighting. She just woke up and was gone one day. And I don't even want to get into that story. I found out why. That's another vlog, <laughs> another uh, podcast. But so fast forward, everything's in my house is broken. I mean, when I mean everything, dude, like even my shower curtain was pulled down. At we that get point, it. We get it. Everything's yeah, broken. Everything's broken. <laughs> I, 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 like I'm just trying to extend the time on this thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, so like I'm saying, everything is broken. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I'm sobbing my eyes out, man. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck, dude? I have no friends here. The one friend that I have has life. He can't just hang out with me every single day, you know? It's like, I have no friends. <sighs> like, I'm no girlfriend now. And the girl I used to FaceTime with her all the time. I was lonely. I was like, what the fuck? Maybe I should just move back. And I literally thought about it. I looked in the mirror and I was like, dude, it's been four months, three months. Like, nothing's happened. Like, I don't even know. I don't have an agent. No manager wants to talk to me. Like, I'm just going to... So I started crying. I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Like, what do you want me to do? And all of a sudden, dude, in my heart, it was like, just chill. Go to the gym, work out, and just get out of the house. Stop being in the house. I, mind you, I've never been to the gym at 1130 at night in my life at the time. I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to go. I walk in. There's not one person in there. I'm doing like some dude walks in. And he starts squatting. And I'm looking through the mirror. And I was like, that's that Viner kid. Like this kid that does splits and shit. Like kind of funny and I finessed my way into getting his number like I talked to him for like 10 minutes and I was like I was like yeah dude so like I got this and this and I could sing I could dance I could do and it's funny because every day he'll text me he's like yo bro I met another George like kids will come up to him every single day and, and explain to him like yo dude like I could do this I could do this I could do this and he'll be like oh yeah cool like I'll see you later and no he'll never give his number to a stranger like why would he ever do that right Somehow, or some way, he still doesn't even know why, but he gave me his number. And we started texting, and it was like a couple, it was like a relationship. It was kind of cute. It was like, yo, should I text him this? No, I'm too early. Like, I don't want to do that. Like, fuck, man, I don't have friends. So I knock on Greg's door. I'm like, yo, dude, should I like, text him? And he's like, yeah, but text him this and just hold off and then get a text and then don't text him back. Don't look desperate. And I was like, yeah, you're right. And then the next day, he just texts me. He's like, yo, do you want to come over? I'm shooting this thing. I need help shooting the video. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm on my way there. And I went there, and, I, and I'll never forget this, Mark. I never forget this. I'm holding the video for uh, "Liar, Liar, Pants on Fire" Vine, where Jake lights Logan's pants on legitimately on fire. on fire, and I see this kid running into the pool because he's burning his legs, and I'm like, "This motherfucker just put his body on fire for a freaking video? Are you stupid?" And then, and then I realized. They make money off of this. I was like, okay, <laughs> light me up. Let's do this. <laughs> and that's how we started our friendship is me finessing Logan Paul's number. And then that's how he introduced me to his brother. And then his brother introduced me to other people. And then like vice versa. So like, you know, in this in, if, as well as me, like 
when you, and it comes to this industry, it's not like a selfish thing, but it's like also like, yo, what could you do for me? And so I had really good ideas and I was really good at acting. So what I would do is I would just go to like all these people that are big on Vine or big on any type of platform and be like, yo, here's a good idea. Just put me in it. I don't even right, want to say right. anything. Just put me in it. And so it did and did and did. And then I build relationships like Batch, Amanda. Like they're, they're very, to me at the time, they're like, whoa, I, I shut up, don't say anything. But then I got to know them. Like, oh, these guys are like the nicest down to earth people. So when I'd ask Batch or Amanda, hey, do you, do you mind being in this even though it's never going to benefit you? They're right, like, right. They're like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, so a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't realize because a lot of people probably just say, oh, yeah, like, must be nice. You knew Logan Paul. He was big. You got big because of him. But people don't realize George, and this is kind of how me and George had our come up. George was the idea man. He would present all of these ideas to, like, even Logan, Jake, Amanda, and you would just say, hey, like, here's a really good idea. But you didn't have the following, so you sacrificed your idea and gave it to the person with the following, but just put you in it. Yeah. And then he built his following based on that. Then you started to create your own content. And then when we met each other, uh, I was the filmer guy. I filmed all Logan stuff. So then me and you were kind of built that same type of relationship where you came up with the idea and then I filmed it for you. So we kind of just worked together, collaborated together. And that's how we grew together on Instagram. Cause this is post vine. Yeah, this is my fastest come up. Me, me and you were growing faster than everybody on. Yeah, platform. it was, it was insane. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Ah, Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, but talk talk a little bit about that, like being the the person with the least amount of followers, hanging out with all these guys. Like, how did like because followers then and still now is like it matters, and it's so funny that it does matter. It's like it's like you're looking at people's cash. You right. I mean? It's right. like you're walking around, but your, your bank account showing. It's right, like, right. Oh shit, this guy's a millionaire or this guy could do this. You know, like, so it's, it's like, it was a status quo type of thing, but I was lucky enough and we're lucky enough to have like really humbled friends. And so they didn't really like shut us down or anything like that. They were very willing. I think what I loved about Logan is Logan was so passion driven that he would rather use me. Excuse me. He'd rather use me than somebody who has millions of followers because he's like, no, he's bringing a talent to the table. I like that. So that was really cool. Um, what it felt like being around them was, it was cool, man. I, I'll never forget. It was very fast. Because, yeah, because you went from zero friends to one friend to Logan to Making, now you have, yeah, now you have millions of followers. You have all these friends. Yeah, it was it was nuts, dude. It went it went from one step to the next step to the next step. So this is, this is where it went. It went from like, dude, are you that guy? God from Logan's videos and then it went from dude you're that good from Vine and then it went from like wait wait your name's George right and then when I hit the vlogging it was like 
you're George Janko, you live at here, your mom's yeah. this, you're this, you're and they just list a bunch of things. So it's it's really cool. It was really cool. I think one of my favorite experiences in eye-opening to like, oh shit, this is happening. It was when me and you went to Dubai and we had like thousands of people like just looking at us screaming and I was like, whoa, this is just like what, five, six, seven thousand people. But like on an IG story, we get like hundreds of thousands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. it's just insane how many eyeballs are watching us. And it's cool, man. Like growing up, I've always wanted it, but like I'm always putting my head down and working. Sometimes I don't look up and being like, "Oh shit, this is crazy." So it's it's cool. Yeah. What's along the way? I like to like I like to ask my guests what their biggest struggle has been throughout their career. What would you say your biggest struggle uh, is right now, maybe or has been? Is there a point? It's a struggle and a strength. Um, I no, we'll scratch that. The biggest biggest struggle I've had is I'm a super big romantic, so I just love like. That being in the company of girls and hanging out with them and 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 I'm I'm a hopeless romantic so like you saw when I was in a relationship with this girl I was very locked away like I focused way too much so I'm really not good at having a relationship right now while I'm working because I stop Cause my grind distracted. Yeah, I okay, get very yeah, distracted yeah. my grind isn't but I'm saying in terms of career struggle career struggle well I mean personal. that did affect my career but right. my, uh, and that is a big effect to a lot of people's career is women they get in the way of a lot of things uh, but men too for girls. Um, my, my other struggle is my kindness, bro. Like I think for business, I have such a big heart and I'm always wanting other people to succeed that sometimes I literally get stepped on so many times that it like, it's like, yo, fuck dude. Like who's going to look out for my feelings, you know? And it's kind of hard to like turn on that switch and be like, no, sorry, you work for me here or Hey, this is what's fair or Hey, this is that. So, but like yet again, I feel like when you do good and when you're a good person, you're going to be blessed regardless. So I really tend not to look at that as a weakness because whatever, I'm not going to be fulfilled by other people. Like, you know, God's going to take care of me in another way. So I've been looking at it in that perspective lately. And it obviously has been showing, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I, I think that's my biggest weakness is I don't know how to turn on that business mind and be like, yo, you need to stop. You need to work on what you're doing. Or, right, right. You know what I mean? And also... Also, it's very hard sometimes being your own boss only because like you, you like we make a certain amount of money throughout the year and then not a lot here. So it's very stressful. So it's like, yo, like I'm not making money and then you make a load of money and then you're like, oh, I'm going to relax for a little bit. And then you're like, get lazy. So it's very up and down. So what I do now is like I have a structured like calendar in my closet. So when I'm getting dressed, I'm like, this is what I have to get done today. And I have to get it done or I can't go to bed. So that I think, oh, my biggest one, you know this very well. I don't know how to shut my brain off. So like I could be up until like four o'clock in the morning sometimes and be like, fuck, I don't know how to go to bed. And I'll literally sit there in the dark, staring at the, like the ceiling. What about the struggle of transitioning? You finally have, you have two roles so far. The, the struggle of transitioning from social media star to entertainer or actor or traditional star, whatever. New water, bro. It's just like, it's like a new entrepreneur. It's like Christopher Columbus type of shit. Like there's a few of us that are coming out here and being like, yo. But but, but here, here's, we'll shift gears a little bit. Why, you know, we make, we make a good living on social media. Social media kids want, like kids want to be social media stars. They want to be YouTubers. They want to be Instagrammers. Why do you think it is that people like us want, we want the traditional success. We want to be in movies. We want to be in TV shows. But we, do you ever feel like we don't appreciate what we have as social media? We always, we want something different. Uh, some people, yeah. I'll tell you. Okay, so hmm, that's a good question. I mean, that's a very like wide question for everybody else's journey. But for instance, 
some people like it might be like I want what I can't have type of shit, which is is normal and that's fine. I it's not that I don't appreciate it because if I was chasing money, I wouldn't even try to be an actor. And I, I don't mean right. that to like shit on people that are just acting. It's just social media people make a lot more than actors. I mean, there's a lot of actors that obviously trump if us. If you're a big if actor, you're a big yeah, actor, you have yeah. to be like. That's like saying if you don't okay. For instance, if you I you gotta switch, have a hit hit show, you gotta be like you Riverdale, gotta hit show exactly. You gotta have a hit show or a hit why, movie. Stranger Things, whatever. Exactly, you have to be somebody like when you're walking down the street and be recognized as an actor for you to be like popping big bucks. You know what I mean? So that being said, I I make a good amount of money off social media. So if, if I was chasing money, I would have been like, yo, this fire's here. I'm gonna keep it growing. But growing up, man, I've always wanted to see myself in movies. I wanted to be different characters. I wanted to make my own music. So. I'm not necessarily chasing the other side of the lane where it's like, oh, I want what I can't have. It's just something that I've always wanted and I've been just really fortunate enough to get this side too. Do you think it's, do you think the struggle, because this, this for me feels like the struggle. I think obviously, like you said, it's just some Christopher Columbus shit. Social media is a new wave of things, but then you have Hollywood. Is, it does not understand yet. It doesn't understand yet. Yeah. You have, it's, it's 40, 50 year old, 60 year old directors you know, they're very old school, traditional. They didn't, they don't understand social media. It's like our parents. It's like, they don't really know what we do. So it's not do you even, think there's a sour taste in their mouth for kids to be doing this. I'll or? tell you why. And they have a right to like these directors like that are like 16. So it's not that they're like ignorant and they don't know. They, they know. Do you know what I mean? So that's too, they know, they know that like this punk ass kid that had an iPhone went from having no money in the bank, no fame to like money in the bank and then some kind of fame. And now he walks around like he's the shit. There's bad stigma. So there's a lot of people that are in the social media world that are going to the auditioning rooms and acting like Trumps and it's ruining it for us. There's like putting a bad taste in their mouth. You know what I mean? Like, so when I walk in and I humble myself and I'm like sitting on my mark and I talk to them with respect, I don't bring up my following. I don't bring up anything. I give them my talent. And then when it comes to me and other kids, that's when my manager's like kind of bites the bullet, right? Boom. It, it kind of kills it right there. And he goes, oh, by the way, he has like 6 million followers. And they're like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, that's cool. But when people walk in going like, well, why didn't I get, I don't want to fucking audition. I, they should just give me the role because I'd give them views. You know what I mean? Like I'd make the, because there's you get, an ego, there's a stigma. Cause, huge yeah, ego. Yeah. Cause, Cause we have essentially a fame in the social media world that we've built ourselves. And then you go, you don't, and you act like you're going into this acting like you're Tom Cruise. Cause you're Tom Cruise of the social media. Yeah. But, but you you're ain't not, shit over you ain't here. shit over here. Yeah. So it's a humbling experience. Exactly. It's humble. Like it, it's, it's a, it's even me. I feel like I'm a very, very humbled man. And I try every day to like, make sure that I treat everybody with the same amount of respect and I get the same qualities, but I will fight for mine as well. I'm not going to let you just walk over me because you feel a certain way. So when I'm on a movie set, I'm I took a break off social media and I honed in and I gave it the amount of respect. Am I getting as paid as much? Frick no, not even close, but it's a passion thing, dude. And I felt so blessed to be there. I would have paid money to experience that feeling. It was a great feeling. The director was a genius. The, the writer, same guy, but the cast around me, it, the crew, the crew itself, I made friends with. It was like a, it was like a dream come true in front of me. And so like, at the end of the day, like not everybody on social media is going to transfer over, but if they're listening in and they want to know that secret into transferring over, it's you got to humble yourself in anything you do. Look at The Rock. Like you don't see The Rock going online and being like, yo, look, I'm the biggest, I'm the best. He, he shows himself as a leader. I'm working the hardest. I'm giving the most opportunity. I'm waking up the earliest. That's humbling yourself. That's not saying, you know what? Fuck it. I got it. 
they're going to give it to me regardless. He works for it. Nobody's going to look at The Rock and be like, no, dude, you didn't earn it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I looked at this as like, shit, I'm going to have to work extra hard to prove to these casting directors, dude, don't just look at me as like a guy who's doing like funny faces online. I do that. But like my sister said it the best way. This is just a really fortunate way for me not to be busing tables or bartending or stuff like that because now I can just hone in on my craft and I'm paying my bills that way to do that. It's like investments. I know that one day I want to be a successful entertainer. I'm just investing my time here so I can get to that platform where I write my own TV shows because we're doing what we want to do. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to be in a movie that I didn't write or produce or anything. Like I want my creative juice in there. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing these movies and TV shows right now to get my well, foot what, in the What door. about the person that moves to LA, the, the young George Janko? He doesn't, he doesn't have the social media. He's not making these large sums of money from social media. He still wants to be an actor. How does that operate for someone that moves out here? What advice would you give? Uh, humble yourself. Keep yourself close to your friends and family. Surround yourself with good people because if you hang out with those people that are just doing drugs and partying, there's two people that come to LA. There's the losers that just come and spend their mom and dad's money and they're just at the fucking club popping bottles like they're, <laughs> they're like they got it but they didn't got shit. And they got the people that are like, fuck it, I'm not gonna go out right now. I really can't afford it. Right, right. Me, that and, was me and you. Me, uh, yeah. To be honest, it me, was me. I, I'm not gonna state names, but there was times where me and Mark would humbly sit in a line outside with millions of followers. And people would be like, no, dude, we're not going to wait in line. We can't wait in line. And be like, yo, who the fuck do you think you are? No one's going to look at you and think less of you because you're sitting in line. And that's why me and you bonded. We're like, right, dude, right. like, th- there's a time and place to act like a dick. Right. I think, guys, any, with any source of like having millions of followers, there's an ego that comes along with it. A lot of people have egos. Big I egos. even went through a, a period of time where Everybody I, does. Everybody there, does. That you go through a period of time where I had the biggest ego and I thought I was the shit and- my shit didn't stink and but you have friends to humble you yeah you, that's why you need good people around you that are like yo look put you in check and then get you back down to the human level because everyone after all is human so regardless I mean coming up here like treat yourself but I wanted to ask too so so being a social media star whatever you want to call it I would say phenomenon, but yeah. People, 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 people like my brother or for example, they don't understand. They're like, why do they pay you so much money to do this, this, and this? And it's like a stigma. Like you said, it's, it's like a, we have a lot of haters, jealousy in my opinion, because we're making a lot of money and like people will be like, oh, like all he has to do is film his video, film a video of his life every day. I could do that. I could do that. But at the same time, you're not doing it. And in my opinion, dude, like I, I know that a, a lot of social media stars are millionaires. They make a lot of money. I think that they should be making more money. What do you think of that? Because here's my opinion. I feel like I am the writer. I am the director. I'm the producer. I'm the editor. I, I'm the distributor. I do all of the jobs that like Fox huge, does, yeah, that yeah. ABC does, that NBC does. Multi-billion dollar companies. I get just as many views on an episode as they do, why why am I not making the hundreds of millions of dollars? Yeah. What do no, you think of that? I think I think it's a like I said, bro, like everybody takes the best way I could put it is like, have you ever seen like something Justin Bieber does? And then everybody's like, yo, you're crazy. That's crazy. He looks like a crazy man. And then the year later, everybody's wearing it. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like people that are not with the times think that people in the future are like crazy. So I kind of find that as a compliment. Like when I, I remember when I first started doing videos, I would get texts from people back home and be like, dude, like get a job. Like you look like an idiot. Right. Same people text me, dude, I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? 
So at the end of the day, moral of the story is you literally got to not give a flying fuck about anybody's opinion. Because the moment you start letting that affect how you move, it's only going to slow you down. It's not going to slow them down. And here's a fun fact. At the end of the day, nobody really gives a fuck about you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like they'll care about you for a split second while you're in their mind, but everybody goes back to exactly where everybody wants to be in their own mind thinking about themselves. Right, right. So like really, do you really care? Do you really care about what other people think when 99.9% of the day, they don't even know who you are. They don't I think, think about dude, you. to be honest, my biggest advice, something that we can both relate to is, I mean, you're, you're closer to home than I am. I'm, a, I'm across the country. But I think if you if you want to pursue something in, in life, I think- the biggest step to doing so is to move far away from home. And I know it's like, I mean, you could, you could be, you want, you might want to be that person that stays close to home, hangs out with the family, is a very family oriented person. But like, I think I've grown so much as a person moving far away from home and having to figure it out myself. And it's just made me experience life in a way that I don't think kids from my high school have experienced it. True. It's true. a new perspective. Yes, I believe and disagree. Like so, like here's the other thing. I believe that everybody should not have to settle. Right. You know what I mean? You're from Ohio. I think everybody from Ohio should leave and like find something <laughs> else. Not that I have anything against There's Ohio. There's a lot of people out here from Ohio. Yeah. I'm from Arizona. I tell my friends the same thing. Like, yo, you gotta experience life. Don't be somebody that's just staying in a place because your friends and family are there. Like, go experience stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're from Chicago, go to Ohio. If you're from Ohio, go to Washington. If you're from Canada, Go to China. I don't know. Just experience different (laughs) things. I was fortunate. I'm really, really, really close to my family. So I was really fortunate enough for them to just be so sorry. He just burped. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) I'm fortunate enough to be like very close, like a 40 minute flight. Um, And that's great. But also it's far enough for me to, yo, I got to do this on my own. You know what I mean? Right, right. But yes, I do agree. And I also disagree. I don't think you have to be too far away from home, but I also feel like you shouldn't be scared of leaving the nest. And I feel like a lot of people are really, really terrified of leaving their their comfort zone and nest. But this is the best thing, bro. You know what my favorite experience in California was? Not having anything. Because I had nothing to lose, bro. Right. I walked out my house every single day saying, yo, I can't get lower than this. You know what I mean? Like, this is an apartment my parents are paying for. You know what's nuts? On my last episode, if you guys haven't watched it, check it out. It was with uh, Drama, Chris Drama from Rob Deirdre's Fantasy Factory. He's his cousin. He's from Ohio as well. We talked about this, and and I was telling him, too, the happiest moments in my life were when I was on the come up, when I had nothing, when I was achieving new things. And now it sounds like a dick thing to say. But like now that I have stuff, now that you can afford things, you're not, I find myself not as happy because I don't have that thrill of accomplishing something to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Like there's no reward because exactly. it doesn't, it you doesn't feel like for stuff. Right. And I think I hustled way, way more when I was uncomfortable. Now that I've gotten comfortable, I don't work as hard. Yeah, but we talked about this at the house. I feel like this is a mindset. I feel like you felt like you've kind of reached a point when I look at you and I'm like, dude, you could do so much more. You know what I mean? Like, and you look at me with the same amount. Sometimes we just get comfortable and scared in positions in life, but we got to shake it off and be like, okay, new journey. You know what it is? I used to watch you go like risk things. You know, you jump from Instagram to YouTube, you drop that and drop that. And you'd be like, Oh, you were nervous, but you were fucking moving, bro. And you were like, fuck it. Like whatever. Fuck it. Like you were like, you were like that kid at the poker table, like, and the girl's dealing blackjack and you're like at 10 and five and you're like, fuck it. You hit me. And then like, she hits you with a six and you're like, yes, bam. And that feeling is that excitement of like, yo, I could lose it, but I could also gain more. 
Now, I'm not saying go gamble. I'm a very, very, <laughs> very, very against gambling, but also like I gamble my life. I came to California. Risk is a huge thing in being successful. Huge. You cannot have anything worth celebrating unless you took a risk. Um, also, here's another thing. Like if you guys are going to come to California or God willing, you guys have the, the success and the journey that we had. If you let money be the motive, you're only paying your anxiety. Because once you let money dictate your happiness, you are literally fucked. Right. Because you are now surrendering to something you can't have control over. Right. Because that's the one thing about social media. We have you no don't control. Know. You have no control over Zero. how much money you make. Zero. You can make nothing for that's, half the year. That's why you have to be very frugal with your money and you have to be very patient. And when I see when I see kids that I just jump into the game and I Mark just saw me get my first car. We've got our first cars at the same time. But yep. li- listen, like we're not trying to state and flex on you guys, but like we could have got that car two years ago, but we were like, no. And so when I see these people come and blow that money and I'm like, dude, you got to pay taxes. You know, you got to yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> you got to like invest your money because you're going to be those people in the world that are like, they were here and then they're now like at Chuck E. Cheese serving pizza. Right, because it doesn't last forever. Views go up, views go down. Yeah. Um, risk Can't- happens. You fail sometimes. You could fail. Uh, do you think next wave, next wave of social media stars, because here's how I look, is, is do you think it's going to be harder? Because it's oh, getting course. a little more, more saturated. It's more people. It's like basketball back yeah. in the day. It's getting more saturated and the bar has been set to the next level where you can't just be one thing anymore. You can't be an Instagrammer. You, you have to be an Instagrammer, vlogger that does vlogs. <laughs> like, vlogger, <laughs> podcast, music, has business ventures on the side with merchandise. You have way more titles. So the next step, the next level the next era of social media isn't, you can't be one thing. You have to be good at everything. Yeah. And that's the one thing that we hit the wave at the right time because, and, and, and I encourage you guys, if you want to get into social media, you want to get into videos, be good at everything, practice everything, watch YouTube videos. That's what I did to learn everything, learn how to edit, learn how to film. Cause you, you have to be the best. Because there's probably, here's the thing that I. Or you can get lucky. You can get like a nice. Oh, of course. They're, all they're, I wanna do. Did you hear but, his new music? But. It's he, fire. He took advantage of it and worked his ass off of the opportunity. I, that is my favorite story because everybody in the internet were making fun of this kid right. like crazy. I've never seen this in my life where the whole world made fun of him. And then two weeks later, everybody's like, yo, fucking kid's crushing it. Right. Like he made a hit song. He's fucking, he, he's shy away from nothing. He goes on right. stage and performs, crushes it. That kid is a natural born superstar. But, um, shout out uh, Mason Ramsey. Thanks for all the stuff you send me. Shout we, out. We DM sometimes. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, he never DM me. Uh, well, there was a question. There was a, where were we I was at? talking about next wave. Next wave. Um, I don't know, you man. You gotta be good at everything. Yeah. Sorry. I'm having like a brain fart right now. <laughs> All right, next question. <laughs> what, uh, if you look back on your career, I know it's only been a few years here in LA. What's been your lowest point? My relationship. That's your lowest? No, yeah, it was the worst. It was the worst decision I ever made in my life. Uh, out here, there's so many things that the devil could wrap you in. You know what I mean? Right, your right. Own a lot ego. of temptation. Yeah, your own ego, your pride, you know. Uh, luckily, I'm, I'm a faithful man. A lot of times being a faithful man is very hard. You're a faithful man to your girl. It takes a lot of self-control 
in LA to stay out of trouble. Yeah. Not just with, but not it's, women. it's, it's the fakeness, man. Yeah, like yeah. People could like, I dated a girl for like a year and I thought I knew her and I did not know anything about this woman until after. And it's, it scared the shit out of me to the point where like I, when I'm in relationships or dating with girls now, I'm very like cut and dry. Like, because that was the worst year of my life. If you look back in my vlogs, bro, I had patches in my hair because I was losing hair from stress. Like she stressed me out that much that I was like, cause I, there was nothing I could do, but it's like, she was soul sucking. So my, my, my biggest regret was getting in a relationship while I was trying to grind. Because like I was focusing on so much It's like bad investment Not saying it can't be done Your boy right here is a prime example Hard, it's hard It's fucking hard Bro, I was building my career I was in a relationship I was helping my girl with her career I was doing stuff with you Like it takes a strong motherfucking man it, No, no, no <laughs> If you have no, the right girl Right, absolutely Or if you have the right you guy need to, You need to surround yourself with If people. you have a leech or yeah, like yeah. somebody that's gonna suck the shit out of you. Well, well, that's not horrible. <laughs> that's a good thing. No, uh, if you have like uh, somebody that okay, here's the thing. You already have, you already have. You, there's there's potential and there's patterns. So if you're gonna be in a relationship, make sure. A lot of people do this, and everybody hears this, right? Well, no, like she's like that, but like if she changes, she'd be perfect. No, yeah, motherfucker, yeah. that's her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's who she is. You're asking her to be somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, so, so, so you, what do you say? Fall in love with patterns, not potential. Fall in love with patterns, not potential. So if you see a girl and she's doing the cool things and she's not irritating you, you're like, okay, cool. But if you see a really gorgeous ass girl, love is blind. Love is blind. Mark, when I brought my first girlfriend over, he goes, get rid of her. She's the devil. And I was like, nah, you're crazy, bro. <laughs> this girl's the love of my life. <laughs> I love her, bro. I'm going to marry her a year and a half later. Fuck. You was right, Mark. You were right, bro. That girl was a demon. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you got to surround yourself with people you trust, people that look out for you, people that want your best interests. I don't think anyone in my life, if they've not given me the the to one of the best for me, I've cut them out of my life. That's why I stick around George. I stick around Kylie. I stick around Logan. Like These are all people that build me up. They... They drive me. And Johannes, by the way. Oh, yeah, Johannes as well. <laughs> you know, I surround myself with like-minded people that are also searching for a common goal. And I think, what is your goal? That, my, that brings me to a good question because I, I think about that. Like, what is your goal? My goal? You've achieved social media, but... So but. my goal is like, it's going to sound so cheesy, but I've had the same goal since I was a kid. My goal... Get married and be a dad. I'm going to get married and be... Yeah, how'd you know? Uh, I know you so well, bro. <laughs> no, uh, my goal is is going to sound super cheesy, and I hope everybody's like, oh, or they're going to be like, don't fuck this kid. But <laughs> my, my goal is, dude, um, I'm going to take every single opportunity and every, every talent and every ability in my bone. So when I do one day meet God face to face, I'm going to be like, yo, I took everything you gave me and I did this much good in the world. And I brought this much happiness and I brought this many people. You know what I mean? Like I, I really am selfless driven. I don't want to just be working for me only. I don't want to be thinking about the money that I have in my bank. I want to make sure that I have a wife that has the same mindset that we're not on this planet just for ourselves. You know what I mean? I want to go out there and help a lot of people because at the end of the day, dude, I, I, I knew this when I was a kid, when I used to make people laugh in school, I'd be like, oh, I, I get joy out of making other right. people happy. But then that grew when I started doing charity events. That grew when I started helping people that were less fortunate. So it was like, oh, okay, this is what I love. So I want to make sure that I could do a lot more. I believe everybody's born with a purpose and talent 
for them to use it to work together. It's like a net, you know what I mean? Like when you come together or like straws, when you have one straw and you break it, it's easily broken. But if you take a bunch of straws together and you try to break it, it's so much harder. And I feel like as a community, we have people that are very smart. They can read books. They become doctors. They help people. We have people that are good at numbers. They help you manage your money. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of people that use their talent and use their abilities not not for the right thing and they use it for themselves. But I promise you, they're not happy. They're miserable. And they're, they have anxiety, they have, they have panics, and they keep wanting something that's not gonna satisfy them. And to me, satisfying myself is by helping other people. And so right. that's why I don't think I'll ever be depressed or sad is because I'm not basing my happiness off of money. I'll still be able to help somebody when I'm poor and I'm on the street. So that is my ultimate goal. Ultimate career goal is to be one of the biggest entertainers in the world when it comes to being an actor, a musician, or anything that I could do to show my, my creative abilities. Um, but the goal is to do it in a, in a, in a good way. Because mm-hmm. I grew up watching these weirdos that are famous, and I'm like, dude, they're they're poisoning our community. Yeah, like, like I'll see the 6 that. 9 and no, stuff like that. I'm, wanna, I'm not, I'm not calling nobody out. I ain't calling <laughs> nobody out. 6 9 if you watch, that's him. That's Mark Donor, <laughs> at Mark Donor. Uh, no, but it, it's tough because... I'm not calling anybody out. <laughs> uh, no. So you like, wanna yeah, I want to be a good role model. I want to be a good. I want to be a good. And, example. and I think that's the the poor stigma that comes with social media. It's like people getting famous doing stupid shit, like like disrespecting Dr. Phil. Now you're famous, and that's kids. Kids want to be disrespectful. That, and yeah. now it's like cool to be disrespectful because now you'll get famous. You'll get famous doing pranks. You'll get famous stealing shit. You'll you'll be f- get famous doing reckless shit. That's not a good example on the youth. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, I, to be honest, I, all the stuff that I watch, you should see this. Like, you hear this probably all the time. I watch old school shit. Like, I watch Three's Company. I watch like uh, the Nanny. I watch Friends is a good example. I watch stuff that is super funny. Still enlightens me. Nobody's a dick. Nobody's right. an asshole. Nobody's doing weird shit. You know oh, I mean? it's definitely changed. The world's changed. But like, the thing listen is, to the it hits. could come back. It L- could come to back. The, listen to the hits and music back in the day. Beatles, you know, like Queen, Queen, like yeah. real music. Talking to like, but now it's like fucking bitches, popping zannies. It's literally drinking codeine. It's only drugs like, and women. Literally every single song is drugs. Rap and about women. some other shit. Like and seriously. Then, and then you'll hear. Hey, you ready for this? You'll hear one song that everybody talks about. Like, oh, it's so different. And it's the guy talking about not doing drugs. And you're like, <laughs> okay, it's still about drugs. Like. Like get off of it. Like like this guy uh, told me this in the best way. It's like it's like tennis. The only way to kill the game is when they serve it to you. You just drop this thing. You're like, I'm not playing your game. I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna get into this industry and act like a fuck boy. I'm gonna still hold the door open for ladies. I'm still going to make sure. I don't care how much money I make. If I'm sitting down somewhere and an elderly is in front of me, I will get up out of my chair. I don't care if it's my own set. I don't care if it's my own movie. I will get up and she will sit down. People lost their their vision of being a gentleman, and they've lost respect their, for elders. There, there's no respect. When I see people swear, like I swear a lot. I say fuck all the time, but I it stomachs me when I'm and I'm in a store. And some of my friends are like, yeah, yeah, fuck, fuck this bitch. And I'm like, dude, there's a girl like right next to you. There's like like 10 feet away from you. There's, a, there's either a child or a lady. You don't talk like that. Like there's there's rooms to talk like that. Like if you're with your dudes and you're cracking a beer, fine. <laughs> if you're in a locker room, fine. Classic Donald Trump locker room banter. Locker room. <laughs> yeah. But like th- there's respect. You know what I mean? Like right, I right. wouldn't want anybody talking like that or for, around my mom. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, so it's like- this industry has lost its way and I'm trying my best 
to bring it back. And I know there's a lot of people doing it. The Rock's doing it. Kevin Hart's doing it. Leonardo DiCaprio. Will Smith. Will Smith, I have so much respect for. He has so much respect. I, I never worked with him, but I, I worked with the guy that did work with him, and he told me out of all the people he's ever worked with, Will Smith was the most down-to-earth, like, hardworking man. But he made sure that before he left set, he shook everybody's hands. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me so hard. I go, wow, he took the time to shake everybody's hand. I'm like, I'm going to adopt that. I'm going to adopt that. So when I wrap my movie... I shook everybody's hand. And I'm going to shake your hand after this again. <laughs> but like I shook everybody's hand because what happened to that? What happened to like looking at somebody and I shaking the hand like, yo, thank you. And right, you right. killed it. You crushed it. You know what I mean? Yep. Everyone's glued to their phones. Everybody's like posting a tweet. Ah, had a great day on set. Thank you for everybody that was a part of it. No, go shake their hand. Yeah. I think, yeah, definitely in adapt the human element. Talk to people. Get out of your house. Get off the phones. Yeah. Once or twice a month, I, I turn my phone completely off throw it in a drawer and I go to Santa Monica or Venice and I just ride bikes around and I just bring cash. I don't even bring credit cards. That's how old school I get. I'll bring cash and I'll just freaking buy a pizza and a Coke and just drink by the beach. No free brand deals. No free brand deals. A cola. But Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's a, that was a good episode. I say, I say we do one more right now. Just another hour. Another just hour. another hour. But this time we're going to talk about our feelings. Hopefully you guys uh, learned a little bit from this episode. We talked, we didn't really talk about your come up more more so talked about real life scenarios, real life situations, stories uh, to encourage you guys to surround yourself with with good people in your life, make good decisions, be a positive influence, take risks. Anything else come from this episode? I think being humble and working hard. Being like, humble, yeah, working hard. Yeah, just working hard, being humble and like understanding your place in life. If you're at top or if you're at the bottom, just you still got to work. You there you go. Words from George Janko, guys. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Living Large. Don't forget to hit, hit that subscribe button on the new channel, Living Large Podcast. And as always, 6 a.m. every Wednesday on the app Castbox. You can hit, listen to it first. You be the first one. Just hit that subscribe button on my channel, Living Large Podcast. We out. Thank you for watching this Castbox original with Mark Donor. It's Living Large. Closing off. Hi, I'm Arusha Pires, host of a new podcast called Investing with IBD. Here are a few snippets from the conversations that we're having. Ah, Facebook, you know, it's coming back. I was really treating it as a counter trend kind of stock. You have these really fast moving stocks. You want to have a little bit slower moving stocks yeah, also definitely. in your portfolio. What Bill observed after sitting through many market corrections is that the market will come down, but you need to wait a few days and see if there's going to be continued power. And that's where he came up with the follow-through day concept. One of the most interesting things is, you know, utilities have actually been very, very strong over the last 52 weeks. The work that we've done on yield curve inversion suggests that after the yield curve inverts, over the next year, utility performance is actually not that good. Come join the conversation on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.